Hello and welcome back to the Business School for Writers podcast. I am beyond excited about this episode. I have a piece of paper that is completely covered in every last little section of it. There's no white left because I took so many notes during this conversation with Sahar. Think of it like a masterclass in Pinterest. And I, I really only thought of Pinterest as something for crafters or mommy bloggers or people who were like trying to redecorate their house or set up mood boards for their characters or for their business. But I've never really implemented it in my business as a creative entrepreneur, as a professional writer, and I've never implemented it for any of my books. And I just realized how much I've been missing out on by listening to this conversation with Sahar. It is beyond here's why Pinterest is good for you. It gives you tangible, actionable things that you can go and do easily and implement and see that and how it affects your book sales, how it positively affects people getting on your mailing list and how it positively affects people interacting with your characters and your book. And I've fangirled out a little bit here because I just, it feels like a magic bullet. I know it's not. I know still work. I know it's still going to take all of us to put some effort in it together, but really Pinterest seems to be this thing that's working for the entrepreneurs that I know and really helping drive traffic to book sales, drive traffic to their website, get people on their email lists, whatever they want to get eyes on. Pinterest seems to be the great way to do it. So I'm so, so, so excited to be sharing Sahar's just amazing brain with you. I picked her brain. We recorded this live in the Writer Squad Facebook group so people could ask questions while we were going. And if you want to be able to do that in future episodes, go join us for free at facebook.com slash groups slash Writer Squad. I'm going to be starting to do more of the live questions because I want you to be able to interact with the people that I bring here on the podcast. But luckily, don't worry, we're still going to be bringing it to you on both YouTube and the podcast so you can watch it later as well in whatever form you like. But also don't forget to join the Writer Squad Facebook group so you can join and ask your questions of these amazing experts that I'm bringing on. So who is the Sahar that I brought on that I can't stop talking about that I'm so excited about having talked to? Sahar Tressy J created the Pin to Profit Blueprint online course and is a Pinterest expert, marketing and business strategist, life coach, and mama of four. Her mission, it's to help female founders and mompreneurs, she's British, so she says mom, not mom, mompreneurs grow their businesses without sacrificing what matters most. Woo, I love that. I love that so, so much because I think that that works for creatives as well. How do you grow this business without sacrificing your creative time? She gives some really great tips about post and ghost. Like you can set Pinterest up and leave it in a way that you can't with other social media. So I love that. After launching her wellness blog, Earth and Spoon, back in 2017, Sahar was frustrated with the lack of traffic and decided to test drive Pinterest. Within 90 days, she increased her traffic by 300% in 90 days. And now she has over 2 million monthly views on Pinterest on her pins. That's insane. 2 million. I want 2 million people looking at my stuff. I, that's why I brought Sahara on. 2 million people looking at your writing. 2 million people going to your blog posts. 2 million people getting on your mailing list. 2 million people buying your book or seeing your book or interacting with your book. Wow, that would be absolutely amazing. So I'm super excited about it. You can find out more about Sahar Twessy J at sahartwessyj.com. We have the link in the bio. She has a couple really exciting things coming up. First, it's a masterclass that's open that she's giving a free 90-minute live training. Super exciting. We have a link to that in the bio. And also, she's offering you guys this uh, Pinterest handbook that outlines what to do on Pinterest. And there's a link to that in the bio. And both of those are free because Sahar is amazing and here to share so much information with you all. I cannot wait for you to learn all this. I'm seriously excited to implement all of this strategy. You're going to see me on Pinterest. Come find me on Pinterest. We'll be pin friends. I don't know how that works on Pinterest, but we'll be pin friends. And I am so excited to see how you implement everything that Sahar says in here. So when you listen to this and you implement it, let us know. Come tell me. Find me at Business School for Writers on Instagram. Find me at Lauren Marie Fleming on Instagram. Join the Writer Squad Facebook group and let us know how you are implementing your Pinterest strategy after this. Because Seriously, this is a great way to get your story out there. So I'm gonna let Sahar take it from here. So enjoy this episode with Sahar and I talking about Pinterest for writers. 
Welcome to Business School for Writers, where we help storytellers like you ditch the starving artist cliche and thrive. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am obsessed with the power of stories. I've seen the way stories heal writers, readers, and whole communities. But I've also seen the way we silence marginalized voices and discourage people from pursuing a career as a writer. Which is why I'm here today, helping you to ditch the lies you've been told about whose story matters, and instead embrace the truth that the world needs your story now more than ever. I am living proof that it is possible to build a thriving career as a writer, and I created Business School for Writers to show you exactly how you can write more, publish more, and make more money as a storyteller. Welcome to your virtual classroom. Welcome to your cheerleading squad. Welcome to Business School for Writers. Do you want to know the one thing that you need to be successful as a writer? Sure, things like Pinterest and lead magnets and mailing lists and all those things that I'm going to talk with Sahar about in this episode, those are all great. But it doesn't matter if you have a million followers or a billion people on your mailing list if you never actually write. Because the one thing that you need to be successful as a writer is to sit your butt in that chair and write. One of the top things that I see keeping my clients from writing is indecision. When you have a million story ideas or in your head or a hundred things that you want to tell the world, it can be completely overwhelming choosing which one to go with. The only way to make your book writing dreams come true is to sit down, choose a topic, and write your friggin' book already. That's why I've put together a live masterclass to help you decide which of your many ideas you should turn into a book. I'll help you jot down all of your stories, organize and sort through them, and come up with a solid plan for turning your book dreams into a published reality. I'll answer your questions live. I will support you through the whole process. I'm going to give you actionable homework that you can take home and then move into the new year and write your friggin' book already. Join me for this free live coaching session and masterclass on December 3rd at 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can sign up at businessschoolforwriters.com slash choose your book. Can't make it live? No worries. Go to businessschoolforwriters.com slash choose your book, sign up and reply to the first email that we send you and let me know the questions you have and I'll be sure to answer them live on the call and send you the replay afterwards. Stop letting indecision keep you from making your book dreams a reality. Sign up for this free live masterclass at businessschoolforwriters.com slash choose your book and make 2021 the year you write your friggin' book already. Hi, hello everybody. Hello, Writer Squad. Hello, everybody that's listening. This is an exciting new thing that we're trying out where we're going to go live in our Writer Squad Facebook group so they can ask you, hi, Sahar, welcome questions about the subject that you're on here to talk about, which is Pinterest. So we are both doing this live in the Writer Squad Facebook group and taking live questions. And this is going to be a podcast episode for those who want to listen later. So we're just giving everybody all the Pinterest stuff. And we're doing this because you've kind of blown my mind the few months that I've known you as a fellow entrepreneur building a business in what Pinterest can do for you as somebody who's trying to be a creative and as somebody who is trying to build a business. And so I am so, so, so excited to talk to you about how to tap into Pinterest for writers to get more eyes on your writing and to build a business. So hello and welcome. Hi, hi, hi. Do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in this world? Hi, thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm so excited to be here. So for anybody that doesn't know me, I'm Sahar. I am based in London in the UK. So I actually started using Pinterest for my business. Uh, When I first started off, I was uh, a wellness blogger, actually, and I started that in 2017. And when I started my wellness blog, so the thing with food blogging, like I used to do a lot of like healthy recipes for families and busy women. It was very like, it was a lot of labor, right? Because you're not just sitting on your desk and like writing blog posts, even though that is hard work more so mentally, but 
the physical aspect of it was I would have to research recipes, do the shopping and the groceries, test out recipes, test them again, then do the food photography and the styling, and then edit the photos and then sit down and write them, right? Um, That's a lot. That's a lot of work. And mind you as well, that I started it in the middle of having our children. So at the time, I only had three kids. When I And then as soon as I uh, launched the blog, two, three months later, I was pregnant with my fourth and she was a surprise. So I was like, oh my God, <laughs> how am I going to do this? Yeah. So um, we, so I continued with that. And after I launched it, you know, when you launch something, you're super excited, you think, because you've built it, everybody's going to come consistently to check it out, right? Because my blog is awesome. And of course, you know, the first day when I launched it, like I had you know, all the eyeballs uh, on my blog, you know, everybody in my community, my friends, my family, I hit up Facebook groups, I had lots of people checking it out. But very quickly after that, the views basically vanished (laughs) almost overnight. And so what I then started doing was like, oh, there's this thing called SEO, which is search engine optimization. And so my blog is not just going to feature on Google because it exists. I have to actually do some back end like work and, you know, include some SEO in there to get it viewed. The trouble with Google, though, is that someone who was like a, a mini tiny food blogger like myself had to compete with like giant websites and organizations that had like thousands of content. And of course, Google is going to rank the ones websites that have the most content, the most high quality content, like there, it's just not even a competition. Like I, I just can't, I couldn't do that. So being a food blogger, I knew I heard about how Pinterest could drive traffic to your website. And in my mind, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Because everybody goes to Pinterest when they're researching recipes, for example, you know, and other things as well, like, you know, interiors or you know when you're trying to plan an outfit and all that kind of stuff if you're doing crafts Pinterest is the go-to place and so what I figured I'd do is I would just head over to the University of Google and research everything I could find about Pinterest and then try it all and see whether any of it works right so I did a lot of researching and then I started implementing all the strategies that I've been learning and a lot of testing and, you know, tests and trials. So the approach that I, you know, that I took with it was to make sure that we're looking at, I'm only changing one thing at a time, because I wanted to see when I change this one thing, what's going to happen? Is it going to help my account? Or is it going to, you know, does it have any effect? Does it improve it? Or does it make it worse? Right? And so only when I found out, what, what, whether what I was doing was working or not, or wasn't effective at all, would I move on to try something else? Hmm. And so taking that meticulous approach, I then basically cracked it. I cracked Pinterest and within 90 days, so around three months, my website traffic went from pretty much non-existent to increasing by 300%, right? And I did 300%. 300%. And I didn't have that many blog posts as well. And that's, if you remind me later, I have a hack for, for people who feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not a blogger. I don't have that much content and I'm overwhelmed. Like if I forget, please remind me because there's a hack for that. Absolutely. Asking you about that hack because business school for writers is new. Like I have content for years and decades, but business school for writers doesn't. So I'm going to ask you about that hack later. There you go. Okay. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. I got excited about your hack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so what happened was, and then from there on, and within a year, uh, my account on Pinterest now has over 2 million views a month. Okay, um, when you told me that, that just like, when I saw that, I just, that just blew my mind that in a year, you have mm-hmm. over 2 million views a month. And I think about what that means, like, okay, what that means, I'm going to go, I'm going to go kind of two ways that I get excited about Pinterest. One, as a writer, my ultimate goal is eyes on my writing, like as to inspire the world through my writing. So 2 million people seeing a quote of mine or a section of mine just, or like a, even whatever I make inspirational wise blows my mind. And then I think professionally, because I have to wear both hats as a writer. I'm a creative entrepreneur. I need to make money. I'm not here for that starving artist cliche. I'm thinking what it means to have 2 million views a month on anything 
that I would create. I just like, that just blows my mind that you're now at 2 million views a month. And that is why I brought you on here. Cause I'm like, okay, we all need <laughs> to know everything that Sahar is teaching because this is in a year, like this is mind blowing. And I'm just warning everybody who's on the live and who's listening to the podcast that this seems like when I talk about Pinterest with Sahar, it feels to me like I'm trying to like like I'm a used car salesman trying to sell you uh, something <laughs> spammy. Like it feels yeah. too good to be true. So, so how, Sahar, how is it, is it too good to be true? And why does it feel too good to be true? Like, what is it about Pinterest that makes it such a, I'm not going to say magical because nothing's magical and nothing's easy yes. and simple, but like, why is this such a powerful tool? What makes it different than say interest or like my writer squad, Facebook group, a Facebook group, all these other tools that exist out there for us to use. Yeah. So I love that question. So of course it's not magical. And the reason why I shared the part of my story where I said, I totally geeked out and researched and meticulously implemented things is to show you that you know, it wasn't, e I'm not saying it was easy. Like I didn't just say, oh, and then one day I landed on Pinterest. And then in 90 days, my traffic increased. Like I had to, you know, I was, a, I was in a, in a process of, of hacking the algorithm, so to speak, you know? So the thing about Pinterest really is that you just, and with anything really, you know, I think what makes things sound difficult or, um, or sound, uh, yeah, easy or difficult, depending on how you're looking at it, is you have to know what you're doing, right? If you don't know what you're doing, and this is what we as, you know, entrepreneurs or creatives starting off is that we look to the people that we admire and we try to implement what they're doing on the surface, right? Mm. But the reality is, especially with business is like the surface stuff is not what makes the business successful. It's all the systems that we don't see behind the scenes that are making it work. And I feel like I'm that saying? work, that's such a great metaphor also for writing. Like I see JK Rowling and I think I want to be JK Rowling, but like, you don't, you don't see the system that she had in place for writing every single day. You don't exactly. see the system that they had in place to promote the books that get on the bestseller list. Like, I love this idea exactly. of systems because we yeah. see so much of like the end result. I think Cheryl Strayed said it best when she said my overnight success took me two decades. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you don't see all those, those things in place that, that work mm -hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what I will say is number one is that of course, like you have to create content that people want to see, like if, and it has to, and it has to be good. So you definitely, you can't get away from honing your craft, right? Nobody can. Um, and no amount of algorithm is going to work for you. <laughs> but having said that, the reason why there's so many reasons why I love Pinterest one of them being is, uh, I like to call it the introverts platform, right? Because Pinterest requires no social connection, hardly any whatsoever, right? Unlike Instagram, where, you know, the algorithm will not show your content and promote you unless you're being social. You know, that's why it's called social media. Pinterest is not really a social media platform. It's more so a discovery platform and a search engine. That's how it works. So the way you're thinking, you need to think about Pinterest is it being like a visual prettier version of Google, right? So, so that's how it works. So that's number one is that, you know, if you're kind of like, I am so not a camera person, I, you know, I'm a better writer, I'm not great on video, or like, you know, I have a very low tolerance for like, connecting with people online, like there's only so much of that I could do. And you want to get your, you know, you want to market your product, Pinterest is a great platform for you. Another reason why I love it being, you know, busy, I'm super busy mom of four. I don't have like all the time to be hanging out on social media all day, connecting with people. And like, I don't have too much time for that. So the one thing that I love about it, because it's nature and the algorithm doesn't care about you hanging on, on hanging out on there is that you can schedule your content and walk away. You can post and ghost and it's totally okay. Post and ghost. First off, love that term. Second, oh my God. Yeah. I love that yeah. because when I when I take courses that talk about Instagram, it's like when you post, you have to be there for the next video to answer the questions, all the stuff. And I'm just like, where's your life? Like, where is yeah. my, what about writing? <laughs> like I'm doing all this stuff. <laughs> what about writing? I love that I could spend a day creating the content for Pinterest and then post and ghost that, that like, yeah. 
I literally, I don't know if you see the people who are seeing the video, like my shoulders dropped, like, oh yes, that sounds, that sounds so lovely. That sounds so lovely. Not that I don't yes. love being here live, but yeah, I love man. connecting with people, but like there's, because it's our one-on-one -on -one time, like I'm one person, you're one person. There's only so much you can give in a day. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're saying you want to get back to the activities that allow that light you up the things that are your zone of genius, you know? So for you, if that's writing, you don't want to be spending all your time and energy on getting your stuff out there that you don't have the headspace to hone your craft. Oh, you know what I mean? Right there, right there. Mic drop. Okay. That's cool. We're yeah. done. We're done now. That's all we needed was that little, <laughs> let's go home. Little, <laughs> let's go home. We're good. Um, let's pull back a little because I think that I don't, I'm trying to remember who I was like a couple months ago before I started following you and talking about Pinterest with you. And for me, Pinterest was this place that I went to make mood boards for characters or to look up a, like when I was bored at the beginning of the pandemic and trying to like redecorate my house. Um, it's something that I used to post to without any thought. And it's not really something I actually think about or understand. And so it reminded me of this first question that we had somebody ask, which is what's the difference between Pinterest and Etsy, which for me, I'm like, they're pretty different, but are they different? Like very good question. What is the difference? What is Pinterest? Like pull back big picture. What does Pinterest, how do we interact with Pinterest and what does Pinterest exist to serve? Amazing. So that's a good question. And if you are an Etsy seller, you should totally also be on Pinterest. But Etsy, if you think about it, is an online like platform for selling your products as a creative, right? So it's like an online store. Yeah, but it just champions the, the, the small creators sort of thing. Pinterest, on the other hand, like I was saying, is a search engine, right? So people go on there, you have to think about how the, the platform works and what type of people are going on it, okay? So firstly, what I will say is that Pinterest is designed to drive traffic, right, to whatever websites you have. So if you think about it, um, and this is something that, I, you know, I teach Pinterest to entrepreneurs all the time, and it's so fun to, to help them make that connection because a lot of times people are like, I, I'm on Pinterest, I use it all the time, but I don't get how, like, I could use it for my business. And so to see that kind of shift when they start to understand, oh my gosh, and, you know, putting yourself on the other side of Pinterest, not just as a consumer, but taking you back as a consumer, when you go on Pinterest, you go on the search bar, you search for something and pins show up within the feed and whatever pin that attracts you that is tailored to what it is that you're looking for, you typically click on it and it zooms in. And so you can read more about the description and maybe take a better picture, uh, take a better look at the pin and maybe the title and what it's about. And if it's purely a picture, you're probably just gonna save it because you like it and you're gonna save it to your board. But if it's something that has a headline that's catchy, that's maybe teaching you something or you know, simplifying something for you or helping you in your journey of inspiration. So when uh, users are going on Pinterest, they are typically planners and they're people who are researching to buy, right? And when the, by researching to buy, I mean, they're not necessarily going on Pinterest to do their shopping, but they're going on there to kind of look into it and get some ideas so that, so that they can make informed purchasing decisions, right? And then the third way people use it is for inspiration, right? Um, and that's why I said, if it's just a picture, people typically would save those images to their own boards. However, if you're teaching, you're providing a solution, you're helping people make those buying decisions, or people are so inspired, they want to take the next step, they're going to click on that pin uh, that tells them what that next step is. And it's your job as the business owner or the creative or the person who's creating the content to lead the person through your pin descriptions and the titles and tell them, hey, this isn't just a picture. Like if you click on this picture, you can read a blog post or find out more about this. Um, and then when they click over on it, it takes them to whatever URL link that you provide. And my recommendation is that it should be your website or a blog. And so the way that Pinterest is designed is that is to send people out of the platform so that they can explore whatever it is that they're looking at. So for that reason, it's incredible and amazing. 
Etsy doesn't really do that because people are on there to do their shopping and it's a platform that stays there. However, if you say, say you have a store on Etsy, but you want to make sales maybe away from Etsy from your own website, you can start using Pinterest to drive traffic. So then that way, I imagine Etsy takes probably like a cut um, of your of your profits. Uh, I'm assuming that's the way it would work. That would work. be my assumption, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if you want to make those sales without, you know, having to rely on an external platform, you can do that with Pinterest. And then one of the best ways to leverage Pinterest for your business is that you want to think about how you can build the know, like, and trust factor with whoever it is that lands on your website. So the way you do that is by creating content in the form of blog posts, right? And the reason why I say that now, I think if you're a writer, like blogging is like, like your bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah, like it's, it's great. So and it's a way for people to interact with you before they buy your books, you know, it's for you, it's a way for you to establish your voice and for people to find out more about you. And um, so a blog post is a great way to introduce people into your world because you're not asking for anything in return. It's completely no strings attached, right? Now, of course, that's great for them, but not so great for you. So what you want to do is you always want to take people on to the next level. There always has to be a call to action. You don't want any dead ends anywhere. So if they land on your blog post, what are you doing next? Are you selling them something? And you could do that through an affiliate link. Maybe you it, you know, if it's a book that you have and it's something that's a low ticket offer, maybe an ebook or a physical book or a small product that's not too expensive and it's a low ticket offer, you can include that uh, those type of links within your blog post. If you're selling something that's more of a high ticket offer and you want to keep those people as customers because you have more than one offer coming on, then I would say make them join your email list. And the way to do that is to give them like a freebie or a lead magnet in exchange for their email address. And so the way you would do that is to do that with a form within the blog post. And once they sign up to your email list, you want to then build that relationship with them and add more value before you make the next pitch. So then in that way, you've just added value, added value, added value. You've moved them from just knowing who you are to liking you, to loving you and trusting you enough to uh, part with their wallets with you. So, okay, you just yeah. dropped so many good things. I want to go back and talk about a couple things that you just said, because I, I live in entrepreneur world. And so I know some of this talk, but I know that so many of the people who come to me and listen to the podcast and are in the writer squad, they are still really in that like starving artist cliche, right? They don't put the business, they don't have the business hat. They have the creative hat, but not the business hat. And so I want to put my creative hat on and think about this. One of the things I love that you said is that Pinterest is designed to send traffic. And I think about the way in which Instagram is not designed to send traffic. And Facebook is really not that designed to send traffic. And Twitter isn't even. Pinterest Pinterest seems to be the only one that's designed to send traffic. And as a creative, that is important to me because one, the traffic helps you get, get people to your site. And I think it gets me excited, the vanity metrics, but I want people to think beyond just like, oh, people are seeing my stuff and those vanity metrics to how this actually can help my business. And so I think you outlined a really great way. First off, that idea of like building that no like trust, like you want people to trust you as a person, as a brand, as a writer to like your stuff. Um, but I love that you brought up call to action, like give them something to do. And I love that you brought up get their email address because I like to tell people the only thing that hasn't changed since MySpace is my email address. <laughs> like so, Social media is constantly changing. Even Pinterest will be constantly changing. So I love that you brought up, like have some kind of form to gather their email address, give them something in exchange for the email address, or just say, Hey, you want to read more? Give me your email address and I'll send you more. So I love that you brought up one, that driving traffic is important two, that you do that through calls to action. And three, one of the ways that you capture once you drive the traffic is through these emails and fostering relationships and writing more through emails. And that's a whole different podcast we'll go into on what to do on your mailing list. But I love that you brought that up through Pinterest because I think sometimes it can be like, I would actually love to talk to you a little bit about vanity metrics versus real metrics. So I think I, um, I love that you have 2 million people a month that view your Pinterest. And I went and looked before a call at my Pinterest and I haven't pinned anything in 
years, but my old sex blogging and body image blogging posts, I get like 3000 views on Pinterest a month still, and I do nothing, but that's not helping me in any way currently. Like, yeah, it might sound cool, but it's really not helping me in any way. And so I was thinking about this concept of like vanity metrics versus actual solid, tangible, is this working metrics? So I thought that maybe you could help us figure out like, what like what on I know on Instagram you want like shares and likes, but I don't know anything about Pinterest. What do you what do you tell your clients or what do you tell yourself or what do you would you tell us to look for when you're looking for measuring what works on Pinterest and what doesn't work? Yeah, love that. Can I just say you can have two million views on Pinterest and still be a starving artist? Okay. Yeah. So that is absolutely a vanity metric. Now, yes, it's great to have people who can see your content because, you know, I think as a creative, like one of the things that lights us up and drives us is inspiring other people, right? But you want to be in it for the long run. You want to be able to spot inspire people five years, 10 years, 20 years from now. And the only way you can do that is if you have a viable business, a viable way of making an income with it, right? So what I do say is that you want to look out on Pinterest for two metrics, right? That are going to be a game changer for you. The first one is called the link clicks, okay? And link clicks are basically when somebody sees your pin and they click on it. So they actually click on the pin. So, you know, when you're on Pinterest, you click on a pin and then it zooms out, it zooms in um, and you're able to look at it more closely. And then if you like it, then you click on it again and it takes you to the website uh, that is leading you to. When you leave the Pinterest platform and land on that website, that's considered a link click. The reason why that's important, because it's telling you, I could have 2 million views on my Pinterest account, but I could have maybe like, I mean, I don't know if you could actually pull that off. That would be pretty amazing, but you could have like 10 link clicks, you know, <laughs> and 2 million views. Like I, well, if you didn't I, even put links be, in too, like, I don't think I have exactly. links in any of my old posts. <laughs> I yeah, so, um, I'm not sure you can get away with that anymore. Like, I think they always have to point to somewhere. Huh. Uh, that's how they're designed. But yeah, so what you want to do is you want to measure like every month, every week, but you want to give it some time initially. So I'll say leave it for every month. Check how many link clicks you're getting and check which pins are driving traffic to your website, right? Because then that will inform your content creation strategy, okay? So you want to see, you know, when you first start with Pinterest, there is an element of, you know, you have to kind of throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, right? Like you have to try out and see what are people liking. And then once you get the results back and you start to see, oh, this kind of pin, which points to this blog post, got a lot of link clicks. And that one too, these ones didn't do so well. So now when you're going back to create more content for Pinterest, you want to create content that's similar to the stuff that's working not the stuff that's not working, okay? And basically, as time goes on, you just want to build on that. You want to create more and more of the stuff that people are looking for. So in a sense, uh, that's something that's quite hard for creatives to do is to get out of your own kind of headspace and the things that you're so in love with. Like we love our work because it represents who we are. But in a way, you do have to have that business hat on because it's like, if you want to inspire people, you have to create stuff that people want so you, it has to be a, a marriage of, you know, your creativity, but also is there any demand for that, uh, any expression of your creativity, right? And sometimes uh, you'll find in businesses that it's not the content so much, maybe it's just the way it's done, right? So it's, it's all about how you think about how you create it. So you might write a, an Instagram post, you know, I'm just speaking generally in like with content creation, you might write an Instagram post uh, that might not get that many likes, but then instead of writing a caption, you do a reel or a video and then suddenly everybody loves it, but you were saying the same thing, right? Okay. So, so it's not so much about, you just have to keep trying and seeing what works, right? When it comes to it, Pinterest. Sorry. I think yeah, about this on. way with, as a writer, like I write what I want to say, but I sell it in how people want to hear it. So like I write a post on how, what I want to say, but I like, or my books. Okay. This is the book that came to me and I'm going to say it, but like how I might blurb it 
oh, you know, for this audience, I'm like, it's this juicy, steamy romance for this audience over here. It might be, it's this beautiful story of a like fat girl loving her body, same book. I'm just taking different aspects of it and selling it in that way. So I try to think about that when I'm writing my, my Instagram posts, like, okay, there's a different, like, I might be saying the same thing, but how do I do it? Change the visuals just a little bit to get it to people. Or like you were saying, do I move it from audio to video? Like how are people, how do I get it to people in the way that yeah. they can digest it? Cause you're still being, it's not like you're being spammy or salesy. You're still saying the same thing. You're still the same person. It's just giving it, think about it like the way different people learn in different ways too. I think about it like that people are exactly. visual, people are like written. Some people have different like abilities and different ways to like see it or absorb it in various different ways. So I try to bring it at levels of people are, can you do video on Pinterest? Is that a thing or is it just all images? Yes, you can. So that's you one of its newest features. You can do video on Pinterest, um, which is a whole up. new thing. Yes. Yes, you absolutely can. So it's not just pictures that you can post. You can post videos as well. And they're actually doing pretty well. So um, if you can include it in your strategy, I ha would highly recommend you do. They get a, a ton of engagement very easily as well. So it's yeah. kind of like what's happening with reels on Instagram right now yeah. where everybody's getting their stuff going Everyone's viral. trying to get that YouTube, so YouTube market <laughs> share. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? Or the TikTok market share. Yeah. Um, I feel like I inter interrupted you said there was kind of two things that you measure. Yeah. On, sorry, yeah. I just got excited. I get really, I'm really excited about this. No, I, I, I love it. Get through my face and through the, the sound it. of my voice because this seems like a game changer for me and for all of my clients and for all of my listeners. So sorry if I keep interrupting you, but I'm like so excited. I have 20,000 questions. So let's go back to the two metrics. So we talked about um, link clicks. What's the other one? So yeah, the second one is that it's the save rate. Okay, or the saves rather. So I don't know if you've been using Pinterest for a while, but it's the same. I think they've rebranded it, but it's the same thing as repins. Okay. So what that means is when somebody sees your pin and they like it enough to save it to their own board boards, right? That's what a repin is called because you've already pinned it to your board. Somebody sees it and pins it from your board to their own one, Okay. And the reason why that's important is because it's telling you that people like the content enough to save it so that they consume, can consume it later, okay? So you wanna watch out for these two on Pinterest. You wanna see what the link clicks are and you wanna see what the saves are. So what posts, what pins are getting the most saves? And then from there, what you wanna do is start to compare the two. So you can have a pin and typically you wanna have uh, when a pin is taking off and people are liking it, you want to have a number of both. You want it to have some saves and link clicks as well. Now, what you want to look out for if, you know, there's always going to be one that's more than the other, but if there's like a huge gap between the two, then that will tell you something. So if you have a pin that has a ton of link clicks, but not that many saves or none, then that usually means is that people are clicking over because you know the pin grabbed their attention, they click to see what's on the website, but for some reason it didn't resonate or stick with them enough for them to save it to their board so that they could come and check it out later. So what I would say that you need to do is you wanna make sure that there's a, you know, um, there's no, uh, what's the best way to put it? There's that sense of integrity between the two so that what you're promising on the pin meets their expectation when they land on the on the website. So the reason why I may get, get a lot of link clicks is if you're overhyping and you're promising the world and then they arrive and they're super like underwhelmed with it sort of thing, they're not going to save it and come back. Okay, so you want to make sure that you, you're saying the same thing across board. So the pin is telling people what's going to happen when they arrive. Uh, on the blog post or the website. And then if you have a pin that has a ton of saves and hardly any link clicks, then that will tell you something. That usually means that people are saving it for inspiration only. So that might mean maybe people don't know that the blog, there's, there's something behind the picture because a lot of people use Pinterest for inspiration. So they go on and there's lots of beautiful images on there that don't have any description or call to action or a title to say like head over to this website like they're just pictures because it's people's mood boards that we're seeing that are being shared 
um, and, and the content of their mood boards. And so you want to make sure that your pins are, you're leading people strongly with your copy. So the pin itself, yes, it should be beautiful because it's a visual platform, but you also want the image itself to have maybe a title, like what's the title of your content? What are they going to learn? I was saying that, you know, people are planners, researching to buy, looking for inspiration. So how are you going to provide that solution? How are you going to inspire them and take them further on that journey? So you want to think about that when you're writing your title and your pin description, and you want to tell them, you know, whatever it is that you want them to do. So it's like, if you want them to read a blog post, you want to say, okay, you give a short description of what the blog post is about and say, read the full blog post here right? So then that way, oh, it's a blog post. Okay. I'm going to check it out and click through. If so you don't you say that, that call to action. Sorry. Did you put that like that call to action in the content or on the image? Uh, you put it on the pin description. So there's, okay. you can do both actually. So for example, if you have a blog post, right? You want to have an image, a pin image. You want to have a, a catchy headline to grab their attention. And then what you can say within that image, you can have like a little call to action that says, you know, free worksheet inside or, um, you know, free ebook inside or free masterclass or free whatever it is that you're providing. Um, so you can include a, a, a little description within the image, but I would also say included in the pin description. So the pin description is where you describe what this content is about. And then you have a call to action. It's like, what are they going to do? Are they going to read a blog post? Are they going to, you know, if you have a store, can they purchase from you there? If you're offering a lead magnet and a freebie, you can tell them right then and there that they can get it when they read the blog post. But here's the thing. So I, I want to share this because it is, I think, super important to know that the best type of content uh, that performs on Pinterest are blog posts. Right. So you can absolutely point people to buy from you. So if you have a product on your website, you can create a pin and point people there. But typically the best type of content are blog posts because the audience on Pinterest is cold. OK, that means that there are people that don't have a relationship with you. They don't know you and they're not just going to purchase from you just because you put a picture of your product in there. They want to kind of they want to be led through and have that no like and trust factor that we talked about. And so if you're pointing people to anything that is not free, like say a, a free, like them signing up where they have to give their email or purchase something from you, it's like you going on a first date, right? And within your first date, you're asking your date to move in with you. It's kind of like, whoa, too soon. We are not doing that. Like I need some time, you know? Oh so God, it's the that. same thing. Yeah. So it's the same thing. I love that so much, that analogy. I, you told me this analogy before and it just resonated so much with me because I'm a lesbian and we have this joke that like, what does a lesbian bring to the second date? A U-Haul? Like we're so quickly to move in with each other, but I seem to not have gotten that gene. Like if somebody is super all about commitment right away, I'm like, oh my God, what, what's going on? Oh my God, what, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to give you my email address. And I feel the same way with people who are like immediately trying to get my email address or trying to get my um, money like right away, just like selling to me, selling to me, selling to me. It feels so similar. That's such a great analogy about to talk about build, building that no, no like trust, right? Like that's, yeah. I just, I just think that's such a great metaphor. It hits, it hits home for me in that, in that way that <laughs> I want, yeah, I don't want someone to, or like, I don't want someone to be all pushy on me in general. And so I love that it can be a way to kind of foster a relationship, not push a, an agenda or a product. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you also want to do is again, so whenever you're building any kind of relationship, you need to keep showing up, right? You need to be consistent. So if you think you're just going to post a couple of posts, you know, like I know I said you can post and ghost, but what I meant by that is you need to post and ghost consistently. Okay. Consistently. So, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't ghost forever. Okay. So you want to consistently be sharing your pins and you want to make sure that they're also branded. So people, um, you know, they say on- online, people need to see your stuff seven times before they take action right? So they need to see your pins. They need to, uh, and you need to make sure that you have a consistent brand image. So 
you need to know your colors. What are your brand colors? What kind of fonts are you gonna use? Maybe it's also a great idea to have maybe templates that you work with and a great place to design pins for free is Canva. Like I Love encourage Canva. everybody to use that. They have free pin, beautiful free pin templates on there. So pick similar ones. You, you wanna have a few in your bag, but recycle those ones. Don't keep changing it up so much that people can't recognize the pins that you're consistently pinning. You want them to, after they've seen your pins and your content a few times, for, for them to recognize it because all these platforms can be so noisy and you need an easy way to stand out, right? So from the moment that they're seeing their home feed and your pin is showing up in there, if they've interacted with you, psychologically, they're immediately gonna be drawn to your pin because they've seen that branding before, right? Mm -hmm. um, so you definitely wanna do that as part of your ongoing Pinterest strategy. I love that because I don't think about I mean, I've just started, right? I'm a writer, I'm not a designer. So I just started having that images and I already am having this idea of when I scroll through Instagram, I can tell exactly who is what. And I love that idea that you can do it in, 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 in like I, when it, even before I register that this is a photo of Sar, I can tell your photos, I can tell your colors, the style of mm. photo you have. I can tell it's you in my brain seconds before I realize that that's your face or even before, like if you have a graphic even before. So I think about that on Pinterest and pins. I think that's, that's such a great point that I hadn't thought of is making sure that they can recognize you even before they recognize you. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much psychology embedded in that. Like the more I get into marketing, the more I'm blown away. Like whenever I click on something, it's because I've been conditioned to click on it in yeah. a way, <laughs> you know? So it's there like, why is do people it. like Coke over Pepsi? They taste the exactly. exact same in taste tests. Exactly. People will die comparing the two. Say, I hate Coke, but I love Pepsi. I love Pepsi. I hate Coke. They're the same thing in taste tests, yeah. but we have this like psychology in our head over it. Yes. Yeah. And it's all with to do with the emotion that the brand emits and that we connect with. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've had some more, I've been chatting away in the chat for the writer squad. We've had some more questions. Mm -hmm. Can I throw some questions at you? So absolutely. Somebody asked, how is it a search engine? So we talked about it being kind of a search engine. I had no idea and I have no idea how it can be leveraged by creative. So how we talked a little bit about I don't remember if we said the stat, but I, I heard before that it it's kind of sec, it's like third or fourth to Google and Amazon and uh, maybe Facebook in there. But like it's one of the top ways that people find things on the Internet, one of the top three like right up there with Google and Amazon. And so when you say it's a search engine, when you say it's a place that people go like a prettier Google, I think a prettier version of Google is what you called it. I have in my notes. What does that mean? Like, how do you how do people use it as a search engine? Yeah, so like I said earlier, people are going on it to plan something or they're researching to buy something. So honestly, like people on Pinterest, they don't use it like they do social media, right? So the audience on Instagram, right? They, they're on there for social connection. So you showing up as a brand, as an individual, when you're posting about you know, your cats, your dogs, your kids, what you had for breakfast, all these things to do with your personal life that have nothing to do with your professional life. People are lapping it up because they love connecting with people, right? On Pinterest, people are on it for their own dreams and goals. Mm, that's a great distinction. Also yeah. makes me want to be on it more. <laughs> yeah. So people are on there because they're thinking about their own aspirations, their own dreams, their own goals. So you want to position yourself to fit in within one of those three. You're either solving a problem for them, you're simplifying something and teaching them how to do something, or you're inspiring them because people do go on Pinterest for inspiration, right? So. Can you say those three again, just so we we see those inspiring, teaching, and what was the third? And, and um, solving a problem. Solving a problem. I'm writing that down. I'm writing all this down. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> But it, I love that expiring teaching and solving a problem. Yeah. So you want to kind of find which one of those three that you're going to be doing. Okay. So if you're a creative and you're a writer and you write things that aren't necessarily solving anyone's problem, but you're inspiring people, you're bringing joy to them 
then you can use, absolutely use Pinterest, but I would say you would use it slightly differently to the other two categories, which is like solving a problem or teaching, right? The way you would do that is you wanna use your Pinterest profile to show what you're like as a creative, okay? So this is where your boards are gonna come in super handy, yeah? So you wanna create different boards based on your content. So for example, if you have a, you know, if you write fiction and you have an upcoming book and you're working on it and you're writing it, you can create boards based on your characters, right? So like, what are your, like, if you put yourself in your character's shoes, which I'm sure you do when you write, what do they like? What, what kind of places do they like hanging out? Where, what do they like to wear? What kind of style do they have? And so you can kind of create boards based on your characters. You can create boards based on where your book is, it's placed, so where the story is. So if it's like a romantic novel in Paris, you know, I know it's like the cliche thing that I picked. I'm sorry, guys, but you know. That's I mean, we're better to set a romantic novel than Paris, let's be real. <laughs> right? <laughs> so you can have a board that had like that's Paris themed, right? And then what you want to do is you want to start using your blog post to give snippets of your upcoming book. So if you're maybe writing blog posts based on, you know, a chapter in your book or a few chapters or based on your characters, and then you can create pins for those blog posts and place them in those boards. So you want to give a taster of what your content is like, but who you are as well as a writer. What are the things that you write about? Um, what are your content pillars, right? And the, by content pillars, I mean, for the sake of simplification, and also, this is also a general rule in business, like you always want to focus on a particular niche, just because if you write books about anything and everything and everybody, like you're not going to connect with people because it's like, you need to focus on one area because that's, and then allow a, a group and a tribe and a community of people that love that topic that you're writing about or that theme or whatever it is to congregate around that. Um, and so you wanna feed that and you wanna have your boards and your pins based on your content pillar. So it might not be one piece of content. Maybe you don't write like one type of book. Maybe you have more, or maybe you have a particular theme that you write about, but you can create different boards based on all your books, the different ones you have. So it totally depends on you as a creative, uh, but you can just give them you know, just give them a window into, you know, your, your taste and who you are as a writer and what are the things that light you up. And then again, you can also create things like quotes. Those do quite well on Pinterest and they can be quotes from your book or if you write like your self-help or maybe you write uh, books on um, education and teaching people something or you're, you're in the thought leader space. Again, those do really well as well. I mean, they do great on social media. Anyway, so you can use quotes as well and then just put them all around your boards. So you want to create themes of boards that are relevant to the content you're creating. And again, if you have a couple of boards here and there that that aren't related to your content, but maybe, you know, as an individual, as an artist, you like, you know, uh, maybe sustainability and I don't know, like perfumes. So you can have those two boards as well, just so in case people are like, oh my gosh, I like perfumes too, or I like, you can have that in there as well. But you want to have the bulk of your boards to be around the content that you create. Oh my gosh. So many good juicy tidbits. I feel like I'm getting a full course on this. And I love that you're sharing so much. One of the things that I love that you talked about is creating these boards based on your content. Cause I think that one of the things that I've seen work really well, especially in YA and romance, but I'm sure it, that's just who's using it right now. I'm sure it could work in other ones is creating Pinterest boards based on characters and setting. So for example, I'm currently writing a book and um, they all are very rich. And so I'm collecting all these fancy things that I talk about, like that Chanel purse or this beautiful mansion. And I'm collecting them and, and like ready, readying that from a Pinterest boards for when the book comes out. It doesn't make sense quite yet for me to put that on Pinterest, but because I've seen other people doing that, I've started collecting it. But now I'm wondering how to like pull that all together. I love that you also brought up that idea of content pillars. Like people want to know who to come to you for. And I write all over the board, but I try to make sure that when I am writing, they include because I am queer and I'm a body positive person who proudly embraces the term fat and my body. And so I try to include kind of those things of who I am and a farmer's daughter. And there's usually some aspect of that in all of my books, two, if not all three of those. And so when you're thinking of those content pillars, I know that immediately 
when you say that writers are writers, every time I tell them, like, you got to know who you are and what your niche is and what people come to you, they immediately want to be like, oh my God, don't pigeonhole me. I don't want to like be stuck in a thing, but it, it's not about everything you do has to be the same. It's about having kind of through lines that everyone knows exactly. It's like the same colors in the branding. It's like some kind of through line. So even if you're saying something different, you have that. So I love that you brought that up. I also love that the idea of like quotes and thought leaders. I love quotes. Yeah. Like that seems so simple. Like, of course I share quotes with my friends all the time. I share quotes on Instagram all the time. Why am I not sharing them on Pinterest as well? That just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love that. Well, I feel like we have so much to work with here and I have one more question and that it from the audience. And that is just that we haven't already answered. We've answered all the other questions. We have a lot of questions in the writer squad Facebook group. I love that they're being so active right now, asking questions and we've answered so much. I love that. Um, anybody who wants to join that group, it's free at facebook.com slash group slash writer squad. One last question. And it is, do you have to play the algorithm game on Pinterest? So many of us that are trying to build our brands on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter are having to like constantly, or even SEO, Google search engine optimization are constantly having to play the algorithm game. Is that the same for Pinterest? Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to have to say that. Yes, it is. I was kind of so. hoping you'd say it was like a magic, magic button, no. but it's not. <laughs> That's <laughs> okay. Hit me, with, is, hit me with the algorithm yeah. game. Yeah. So um, the good thing about it, like I said, is what makes all these social media platforms so exhausting is the fact that you have to physically engage in them. So there's that time element where every day you have to go on there. The good thing about Pinterest is that it's a search engine, like I said, and search engines thrive on keywords. Okay. So if there's anything that you take away from this recording, let it be that you are going to use keywords because if you do not include them in your content and throughout your Pinterest strategy, nobody's going to see anything. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to include keywords in your profile description and make sure that you have a description telling people about yourself. You also want to include keywords in your boards so that people can follow your boards and discover them. So again, if you have a particular theme of boards, and again, you can also create boards for all your books and or maybe all your blog posts, right? So it doesn't just have to be based on the themes on things that you write. You can literally collect all your your work in some of these boards. So imagine if someone discovers them and they really like what's in there, right? You're going to create fans. So you want to include keywords in there. You also want to include keywords in your pin description. Okay. Now the place where you go and find keywords, it, it works very similar to Google. So Pinterest has a search bar, just like, you know, when you go on Google's landing page and it has a search bar and then you start typing uh, something that you're looking for. And as soon as you do that, you know how it creates that list of suggestions for you. That's what Pinterest is going to do. And when it creates that list of suggestions, that is telling you that this is what people are looking for, okay? So I don't want you to start using keywords that you're just making up, right? You wanna meet the demand where it's at, okay? Mm -hmm. You don't wanna create your own keywords because if nobody else is using them and nobody's searching for them, guess what? Nobody's gonna find your content. So what you wanna do is make sure that you use the keywords that are showing up when you type that in within, uh, when you start typing within the search bar. and then you want to find a creative way of using them again. So I want you to put yourself in the shoes of your, your audience, the people that already love you. What would someone that would love your content and your products and your books be searching for on Pinterest? Mm. Right? So sometimes it might be completely related to exactly what you're doing. Sometimes it might not be. And that's why it's really important to know who it is that you're targeting because and that's, that can be how you, you know, we talked about niching down and pigeonholing yourself. So sometimes it doesn't have to be so much about what you create, but who you create it for, mm, right? I love that. So if you know in your mind, you are targeting uh, a woman from, you know, who's about 30 to maybe 45 years old, you know, where she likes to hang out, you know, what she likes to eat, the clothes she likes to buy. So then you can start maybe creating like content or pins or quotes around the edges of the things that they like, 
things that, that are calling your people, right? And then you include those in your strategy as well. So you want to use a bit of both. You want to use keywords that are directly related to what you do, but also think about what's someone that who would like your content be looking for on Pinterest and then maybe create boards for it. And that's why it's good to have those, you know, unrelated boards, like I mentioned earlier, like a perfume one or sustainability or whatever, because you know, maybe that your, you know, sustainability is like a, a theme that you include in your stories or like your characters or anything like that. I love that idea of like thinking in the peripheral. So I obviously I'm like, oh yeah, I'd create a mood board for my character, but I hadn't thought about creating a whole board on like plus size fashion and she's a plus size fashion person. Yeah. Like I hadn't thought about that auxiliary, like the, the secondary, second tier, the less obvious, but still pulling into the, those pillars and that, and the, um, I, I think something you said before that I read, be the person who is offering the solution to their search on Pinterest. That was something that I heard you say before. And I really love that. Like, okay, cool. What can I, like, if they're, if they need a solution, what's the solution I can offer it, whether it's inspiration to, to love their body or a book about it or other books, like I could make a whole board of books like mine. Like I have so many ideas happening now on yeah. both my fiction and how to Im, uh, put this to work in my, in my business as well. Amazing. So yeah. I love that. Love that one. Oh, well, I could talk for hours and hours and hours, but unfortunately we are at our time. So I would love to know, okay, I'm ready to like delve deeper into this with you. Is there a way that I can keep learning from you? How can I keep learning from you? Yeah. So there's a couple of ways. The first one I want to tell you about is I have a free Pinterest handbook. It's called the seven proven Pinterest strategies. Uh, that you need to know. And it's a great one because you can literally read it and implement in your own time. And it has everything you need to know to get started and start seeing results, right? And that's available. It's free. I always have that around. So you can definitely check that out. But I'm Where also running. So I'll include the link. What, where can I include the link for well, you? We'll put the link in the show notes. So if you give us the link, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. You yeah, all I'll put can it in get the show notes. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so you can. Great. Yeah, so you just need to sign up for that and then you'll get the, the free Pinterest handbook. Fabulous. Um, yeah. And the other thing that I have right now, which is going on for the next couple of weeks, is I have a free Pinterest masterclass. So it's a 90 minute live training. And I'm so excited because I'm doing it three times over the next two weeks um, where we will literally talk live, I'll do the training, and then I'll do some Q&As and just to help you get started and kind of like really get into the grips and the nitty gritty of Pinterest. Ooh, that's exciting. So that's free and live for 90 minutes. So it's like this, but even deeper dive. That makes me really excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when, when are those? So the, I, I remember you telling me that, that the last one's October 29th, right? Yes. So I have one on the 21st, which is Wednesday, 21st, October. Uh, I believe then the next one is Monday, which I think is 26 October, uh, and then Thursday, 29th. Yeah, Amazing. so it's 21st, 26th, 29th. Yes, that's Amazing. it. Amazing. Numbers are hard. I'm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a writer for a reason. Um, that's great. And if if we've missed that, then we can get that amazing Pinterest handbook and delve yes. into this. Absolutely. I, I just love that you offer so much like you offer so much of your knowledge and your support for free. I know you have paid classes as well, but talk about that building no like, and trust. Like I love following you on Instagram. I love being on your mailing list. You're one of the few people whose mailing list I'm still on because you do such a great job Aww. of just continuing to serve and teach, which is why I wanted to bring you on here. So if you are listening, I highly suggest getting on Sahar's mailing list, following her on Instagram and all over on Pinterest, all over the web. And um, if you can taking one of your courses, because I can't wait to sign up for it. I'm really excited to delve deeper into this idea of Pinterest. Thank you so much, Lauren. Those are really And I will for sure be at that masterclass. I'm so excited about it. Oh, I'd love to have you there. Give yeah. me a shout out so I know you were the I will. I'll let you class. know that I've been there. Then the class. <laughs> I might come to all three. I'm not gonna lie. I'm obsessed with Pinterest now, thanks to you. Well, thank yes. you. <laughs> right. You're like, job here done. Well, absolutely. thank you again for coming on. It has been absolutely amazing having you and I just, I hope everybody just keeps learning more from you because you are just a total gem and I'm so glad that you were willing to come on here with us. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. 
Today's book rec I thought would be perfect for Pinterest and it's In the Company of Women by Grace Bonney, who is the founder of Design Sponge. Now Design Sponge, talk about someone who's used Pinterest. But In the Company of Women is inspiration and advice from over 100 makers, artists, and entrepreneurs. I want to just be honest here, I haven't read the whole thing. And I haven't read the whole thing because you don't have to read the whole thing. This is what's great about the book. You just open it and you can find a creative that you love. I also just opened it to Lizzo. Like, hell yeah, that's a great creative to open. It has inspirational quotes. It has questions that they've asked them. It has beautiful photos of them. And it has everybody from people like Lizzo to designers, to musicians and songwriters, to activists and models and fashion designers and people of all shapes, color, sizes, uh, activists, uh, trans women. You have people from all over the world. And it is just the most inspiring book when I feel like I am alone in my creative entrepreneur journey. This is a book that I can open up. I keep next to my desk and I open up and I read inspiration about people, the struggles that they have, the way that they overcame those struggles to be successful creative entrepreneurs that make money from their art. It is beautiful like Pinterest, but also informative like the Business School for Writers podcast. It's just really one of those books that feels good just holding it near me. And it just inspires me simply by having it on my shelf. But also I love opening it and reading about inspiring women and just creatives that are doing what they love and making money and thriving as it. So once again, that's In the Company of Women, inspiration and advice from over 100 makers, artists, and entrepreneurs. And it's by Grace Bonney, the founder of Design Sponge. I hope you enjoy this book as much as I do. We have a link to buy it from an independent bookstore near you in the show notes. So go grab that and get yourself a copy. Happy reading. You just finished another lesson at Business School for Writers. Feels pretty great, right? Being one step closer to a thriving writing career. I am so excited to see how you put to use the tips you learned today. So please share what you gained from this episode in the Writer Squad Facebook group. You can find your squad at facebook.com slash groups slash writer squad. Want even more support making your writing dreams come true? Go to businessschoolforwriters.com where not only can you find show notes and links from today's episode, but you'll also be able to explore courses, coaching, and free resources we've gathered together to help you along your path to creating a thriving writing career. Thanks again for listening to the Business School for Writers podcast. I'll see you in the next lesson. Business School for Writers is hosted and produced by Lauren Marie Fleming with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ila Bamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and to Kristen Hozak. And of course, big thanks to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go write. I'll see you next episode.